And we're a praying church. We emphasize prayer. Prayer is, uh, is the name of the game. It's, 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 it's priority. Number one, start the year with prayer. We, we go in the middle of the year with prayer. In the end of the year, it's prayer. We are a Pentecostal prophetic praying church. Now, I know, that, I know there's a lot of churches out there that are pathetic. But I mean, no, we're not pathetic. We're prophetic. We are the people of God. We're the praying people of God. And if there's some area for you to grow in the area of prayer, that's why we're emphasizing. That's what the devos are about. That's what this service series is about. That you grow to another level, a new dimension. <clears throat> that God can use you. That you stretch. That you grow. That God can give you increase in the area of prayer. Chapter 12, we're going to look at today in the book of Acts, praying church, lesson number four. And uh, powerful, powerful. God's going to open some doors today. Last week, we ended up with Acts 4, God's powerful intervention for Peter and for John. They were thrown in prison. And when the church prays, let me know something happens. Oh, come on now. When the wind blows or the Holy Spirit breathes, let me know something happens. The church prays, the Spirit moves, and things happen. Supernatural happens in the house of God. The place was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and power. They spoke the Lord's word with boldness. And verse 32, we didn't get there, but it just says they were a generous church. How I many know a Pentecostal church is a generous church, a giving church, a loving church, a serving church. And um, they were all in verse 32 of chapter 4. This is, I'm not there yet. I'll tell you when I get to chapter 12. I just want to give you a little precursor. I came ready to preach. Is anybody ready to receive? All right. Verse 32, it says they were a generous church. They were all in one heart and one mind. That's very key to revival. The church walked together in unity. Same mind, same spirit. No selfish people. They shared everything they had with great power. God was with them. And they kept preaching the Lord's resurrection. And great grace was on them all. Verse 33. Verse 34, chapter 4, there was no needy people among them. I love that. Everybody had what they needed because we are. We are the family of God. You have a need, we're here. If I have a need, you're there. We experienced that this year. Lost my mother-in-law, you were there. We had COVID, you were there. If I have another need, you're there. I said I like, I like um, those um, marshmallow pies, what do you call those? Moon pies. And in the, in the mail this week, I got two cases You see, there's two ways to get rid of your pastor. <laughs> you can vote him out or you can just give him all the moon pies he wants and kill him. But there were no needy people among them, and I love that. Verse, uh, <clears throat> verse 34, and then chapter 5, we see the baby new church. This is an infant church. This is a baby church. It's just birth in two, Acts chapter 2, all right? So they're going through persecution. And uh, the immaturity starts showing in chapter 5, the immaturity of Ananias and Sapphira. And you remember that. I don't have time to go into it. But uh, in, chapter, in, in chapter 5, verse 12, the apostles did many miracles, signs and wonders among the people in Jesus' name. I mean, they'd pass by Peter's shadow and get healed. It wasn't Peter. It was the power of God inside of Peter. Everybody understands that. 
In verse 12, the apostles did many miracles. In verse 17, here we go again. The apostles got arrested and put in jail, verse 19. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors and brought them out. <laughs> I said they were in jail, Max. And the angel of the Lord came and, and just whoop, took them out. Guards were there. Everybody was there. Nobody knew it. And the next day they saw them preaching in the... How many know you're not going to stop the gospel of Jesus Christ? These people were serious about the gospel being preached, and they preached the word with boldness. You couldn't keep them. You couldn't jail them. You couldn't kill them. You couldn't do nothing to the church because the church belongs to Jesus Christ. So it was powerful. During the night, the angel of the Lord opened the doors and brought them out. In chapter 12, we see it again, probably why Herod was so paranoid. Do you know a praying church makes a political leader nervous? Yes, indeed. And so Herod got really nervous. In chapter 7, uh, we see the stoning of Stephen. He was the first martyr. Um, two new deacons. Hey, it was the deacons that got killed before the apostles. Isn't that something? I'm just telling you all, welcome aboard. going to be a great journey. <laughs> Stephen, full of the Holy Ghost. Stood in the face of adversity. While stones were killing him, he was seeing Jesus. He saw Jesus. Chapter 8, this new church was persecuted and scattered everywhere. Verse 1, except uh, the apostles. Everybody was scattered except the apostles. Isn't that something? Um, Joni and Gary were scattered to Fiji. The Julians were scattered to Papua New Guinea. Are y'all getting it? A persecuted church, a praying church is scattered around the world. The nickels are scattered to Thailand. Scattered. I'm not trying to get rid of them. I just love the fact that they can hear from God. And they know the will of God. And so all of them except the, the, the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And the church was on the move. Chapter 9, Philip led the Ethiopian eunuch to God. Chapter 9, Saul gets saved. Cornelius in chapter 10 sees an angel of God. The angel says, your prayers have come up as an offering before the Lord. Does anybody here believe that God answers prayer? The church was praying and moving and seeing signs and wonders and growing. Man, now we're moving along. Now we're about coming up on 10 years. The church has been born since the resurrection. And they scattered all over the place. It was a praying church. Chapter 11, Gentiles are coming to Jesus. And those who were scattered have reached as far as Antioch, telling the good news. And God's hand uh, was with them, and many came to the Lord. But not everybody was happy. Again, a new Herod. The Jews continue to make their efforts to stop the people of the way. These Jesus people. This Messiah. Who do they think they are? And the religious people, they got very angry. And um, Herod, this new Herod, he was friendly to the Jews. He was trying to slip into Judaism a little bit. How I many know religion can be a mixed up mess? So for him to be a political leader, he was trying to appease and please the Jews who wasn't liking these people of the way. Uh, let's get rid of them. So as we open up chapter 12, that's where we are. We're about 10, 12 years into, into the. Are y'all getting anything so far? And so the, things were looking good for a season. They were at Antioch. They were first called Christians at Antioch. You know the story. Uh, Christians. Followers of Christ. Christians. Today, everybody's a Christian, right? 
But the, the, these were Christians. Uh, you, you paid the price for following Christ in that day. And so brings us to chapter 12 when we come back to Jerusalem. We see the enemy strikes again with vicious leader Herod coming against the church. I know we're in 2021, but how many know the book of Acts is still, still being written today? Still being written. Things are still happening. God's still moving. The word of God is alive and timeless. And we can see the spirit of God working in our day just as he did in the first century. Does anybody believe that? And though the church was infant and small and baby, she was on the move. And the first century church is just coming out of bleeding side of Jesus. Only to hear the master say, I'm leaving you. I have to go. But don't worry. I'm going to leave you a comforter. Anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost? Jesus said, it's more important that I leave you than if I stay with you. Expedient was the word. It's more important that I leave you than to stay with you. So he went to heaven and prayed for us. So Jesus is praying for you. The Holy Spirit's praying through you. God's for you. God, the church is for you. How many know you're going to make it? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to make it. Tell them you may not look like much when you get there, but you're going to make it. So, kind of a little bit of separation anxiety. Jesus is gone. And the church is suffering. And Peter, the rock. Remember Jesus said, Thou art a rock upon this rock. I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Remember that? Well, they're coming up on it now. Here we are. Here we are. Jesus said, I will be back. How many know he's greater than the Terminator? I'll be back. I said, Arnold, don't have anything on Jesus. And so go and pray and prepare yourself. And the church was born that day at Pentecost. Peter and the others picked up where Jesus left off. And we're about 10, 12 years from the resurrection. After the, the lost, uh, after they lost Jesus, they lost Stephen. And then now, now, now they lose their first, uh, first pastor, first leader, first apostle, James. James. This is not the brother of Jesus. This is James. Remember James and John, the sons of Zebedee? Remember when they came to the, to the meeting with the Lord and said, uh, and the mama said, the mama said, these mama's boys, the mama said, can my boys sit one on the right and the other left? Jesus said, hey, uh, I don't know about that. They will struggle. They will suffer. And here we, fi- we find them. Herod kills James, has him beheaded. Beheaded. The reason for beheading someone uh, with the sword, whew, is because of false teaching. They were teaching the Jesus, teaching the Messiah, teaching the, the gospel. And for that reason, Herod had James killed to please the Jews and others. Uh, James is dead now. And now Peter's arrested, and he's the next one to die. So this was a serious church. We have a church today in America that's just playing. We haven't seen pain we haven't seen we've seen it around the world did you know every day around the world over 300,000 people die for the cause of Christ martyrs around the world every day you see it on the news sometimes they'll show it to you people kneeling on the beach well this is what's happening this is a daily dose of what's happening in the first century church and um and Peter's arrested. Now, have you ever had the feeling when, you, when you're anxious, you, you, you get anxious before you can get, get over your last problem, you have another one? Anybody been there? You watch the news lately? It's happening again. That's kind of praying 
the church is doing, they're praying, kind of says, God, if you don't, if you don't get us out of this, we're never going to go forward. And Peter's in jail and James is dead. And sometimes, sometimes God allows the threats because we get too comfortable, too relaxed, too accustomed to life, things that are good. We got this, we think. And the modern day Christian somehow is just trying to just make it till Jesus comes. How I many know we're greater than that? We're not just here surviving, holding on. How I many know we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ? We're here, we're triumphant, we're militant, we're strong, we're courageous, we're bold as lions. How I many know we are God's prophetic people? Full of the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't appear that way. It looks like God's never filled a bunch of chickens in all of his life. What's going on with the church in the 21st century? But it's happening again here. And God, and God, I thank God. Is ready to do something. I believe God is raising up a generation with a different spirit. How many know the day of casual church and carnal church? How many know I believe that day is coming to a close? This day of gray areas and carnality everywhere and laziness and 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 just people who are just playing. How many know that's just coming to a close? It's either in or you're out. You're either right or you're out. I said when Jesus comes back, there won't be anyone playing. Now, I know when the midnight cry comes, Matthew, you remember that? The ten, the ten virgins, five had their oil ready to go. The, the wicks were trimmed, Max, and they were ready to go. And five were foolish. They weren't ready, sleeping. And when the midnight cry came, they ran out to meet the bridegroom. Is anybody here ready to meet the bridegroom? Come on, how many of them are ready, ready when Jesus, I know we believe he's coming, but how many is ready to listen to the cry of the bridegroom? There's a whole bunch, foolish, not ready. They're not ready. We need to get ourselves ready for the Lord is coming soon. And what happened is they ran out of oil. They had no oil, remember that? They didn't fill their lamps. They didn't stay full of the Holy Ghost. They didn't stay in the Word. They didn't stay in prayer. They didn't stay prayed up. I said, I said it's time to stay prayed up, packed up, and ready to go up. But they weren't ready. And so they could go to the store. They thought they could, these foolish virgins. Ran to the store to get oil. But they ran out of time. Not only did they run out of oil. That's one thing, but they ran out of time. And so we must know who we are in Christ and who he is in us. And there is a prophetic people who has the spiritual stamina to dig up the wells of their forefathers and draw water from their own inheritances. It's time to get back to a New Testament church. You say, I don't know if I want to go back there. They're dying. You don't take tithe, you don't pay tithe, you die to carry out the building. How I many know we'd have a whole bunch of tithers? People start dropping dead, boom. Here you go, here you go. Here's some offering and some tithe. We'd be setting records. But here's the deal. When you know who you are in him, it qualifies you for heaven. But when you know who he is in you, it gives you authority that you can do great things with. You understand the difference? One thing is getting to heaven. The other thing is taking uh, earth by storm. And I believe we're coming to a day where the church is going to be prepared and prayed up and ready to bring the gospel around the world. 
Jesus told Peter, I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and what you bind on earth will be bind in heaven, and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's authority. That's authority in the name of Jesus. You drink any deadly poison, it won't hurt you, right? You'll be all right. You'll be all right because I'm with you. I might have left you physically, but I'm still not only with you. Now I'm in you. You understand, in Jesus' humanity, he could be with Lazarus and Mary and Martha in Bethany, but he had to wait till three days to get over here to Capernaum. You understand, in his humanity, he was limited. But in his divinity, how many know the Holy Spirit can be anywhere, everywhere at the same time? Oh, I believe God's on the move. I'm about ready to preach. Is anybody excited this morning? You are the church. You are the devil's worst nightmare. Stop running from the things that are trying to stop you from God's will. Get your house in order because the Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. So don't get too relaxed. Many churches think they got enough money. They got enough people. You know, they got everything. They're smarter, more powerful than they. But listen, the days ahead, they're going to be driven to their knees in prayer. When it really gets heavy. We're going to be praying like nobody else. And why should the church be playing while Peter's in prison? God's getting ready to flex his muscles, so the church is praying 24 and 7. So, so let's look at it. I, I'm just That's my intro. I'm glad that you're there. I'll have to go at it again soon. <laughs> now, about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, remember that? He proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now, it was during the days of unleavened bread. It was Passover. It's Passover. Not Easter. Passover. We change the name, make it like a little party, a little play day. I mean, no, Easter is more than a play day. It's a resurrection day. That's what it really is. So don't let religion change what God has intended in the first place. I didn't get time to go there, but pagans used to have Easter. The pagan church got mixed with the Roman church. Now they changed all the things to Easter and Santa Claus. And, oh, y'all don't want me to go there. I don't want to mess nobody up. Some of you still believe in him. But many churches think they got it all down. But, but Peter's getting ready. First thing I want you to point out here is God does all uh, the things. He allows everything. The first apostles killed, right? And so now he arrests Peter, puts him in prison, delivered him to the four squads of soldiers. That's 16 to keep him, 16. Two were chained to his, his uh, wrist, two of them, one on each side. Two were at the guard. Two were at the gate, where we'll see in a minute, and two at the other gate. There, there was just 16 of them. They were everywhere. Why? Because Herod knew this happened before and they got out. Couldn't explain nothing. Went to the jail cell. Everybody's locked in. Nobody got out. But somehow they're preaching in the square. I mean, with God, all things are possible. Sovereign God can take you out of things you never thought you could get out of, right? And so this is what's happening. I mean, he was intending, look at this. He was intending to bring him before the people after Passover. He was waiting till the religious holidays over. And, uh, and Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer. Somebody shout constant prayer. Constant prayer, fervent prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, 
and the light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side of his head. I added that. And raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. This is powerful. Then the angel of the Lord said, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. I doubt if he said it that way. It's King James. Like, put on your pajamas and tie your shoes. Something like that. So he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. We're going. So he went out and followed him, and he did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they were past the first and the second guard posts, gates, doors, whatever, they came to the iron gate, big old iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them like the Walmart door. On its own accord, and they went out, and they... And they went down one street, and immediately the angel disappeared. How I many know oh, after he gets you where you go, you got to walk on your own for a little bit? There's a whole lot of lessons in here. I don't have time to give you, but we got plenty of weeks coming up. And when Peter had come to himself, shook his head and said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark, whose surname was Mark. John, whose surname was Mark. Very wealthy lady, big old house, where many people gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer, not the one on TV. And when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate. This is kind of humorous, isn't it? Woohoo! He's out of jail. He's out of jail. Everybody, he's, out. he's still over there knocking on the door, and she's screaming, running around, and so excited. She ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate, but they said to her, look at this. God will get you out of prison, but you got to fight to get in the church. You're beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it must be his angel. What prayer and faith, huh? Now, Peter continued knocking he's still outside <laughs> and when they opened the door and saw him they were astonished it's real god is real god answers prayer we didn't believe it but uh, but motioning to them with his hand shh, 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 you trying to get me killed Keep silent. He declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go tell these things to James and to the brethren, other Jameses. And he departed and went to another place. Probably trying to get out of the jurisdiction of Herod. Because listen, nobody needs to tempt the devil or the Lord. Amen. Get out of town. And then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had happened to Peter. And when Herod heard and searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. Sixteen guards dead. Wow, what a story. I don't really have time to preach it now. At least we got the intro. Come back next week. We'll get through. No, I'm teasing. I got a few minutes here. Powerful, powerful story. The first thing I want you to see is that God does allow the first apostle to be killed, James. And in James' mind, don't feel sorry for him. He was there at the Mount of Transfiguration. Come on now. He was there when they healed the lady, the girl. He was there. He was there uh, on the boat when they fed the fish. He was there. He was there. He saw Jesus in action. And so God saw fit to let him be taken. 
So, so the first thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes, although God Almighty is powerful, death can come to some of his choice servants. Death can come to some of his choice servants. See, Satan wants to tell you that, uh, that God is good, and if he doesn't do good all the time to you, or if you perceive him not to be good, then he has left you. How many know God has never left the church? He's just bringing us along. He's got a plan. I said God has a plan. Amen? And so Peter's in prison, but no. Uh, James is dead, no fault of his own. He was living right, walking right. Peacefully living for God, Jesus, uh, and Jesus, he's seeing miracles and, and trouble came his way. So, so, so never get the idea that godly people, uh, are guaranteed total protection and no death. We live in a fallen world. Sickness comes to us. There are preachers out there that tell you that if you're sick, you're full of sin, that if something bad happens to you, you're not a Christian. How many know that's a lie from the pit of hell? I said, all who live godly in Jesus Christ shall suffer suffer persecution it is just part of it it's part of it and so the word says all who live godly in christ shall suffer persecution sometimes the closer you are the more you see i've had people tell me pastor since i became a christian it just seemed like everything that can go wrong has gone wrong well hey welcome to the church it happens Pastors quitting every day because they can't seem to fix things. It's like putting, it's trying to, any of you ladies try to put a, a top on a on the Tupperware bowl? As soon as you put top on this side, pop, it pops up over here. And you press over here to pop, pop, it pops up over here. You can't ever get the lid on. That's pastoring 101. And anybody wanted to know that, I just wanted to help you. You get this family straightened out, another one over here. You just, it's it's a wild ride. Just hang on and trust God, right? And so, you got to look at people like um, Job, a righteous man, David, Paul, Elijah, Jesus. Jesus is called a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, Isaiah 53.3. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. He knew what it was like to have pain. He knew what it was like to lose his best friend, Lazarus. Okay? So, so history says that the man that brought the sword on, on James decided to come to Jesus. James kissed him, and the man said, I will be, I, 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 he kissed him on the cheek. Don't freak out. He just kissed him, loved on him, and said, 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 I will, I will die with you. And he put his head on the chopping block. They killed him and James. Josephus says. How many know that's happened to Saul of Tarsus? He saw Stephen getting persecuted. How many know persecution is some of the ammunition that God uses to build the church? So, seeds set into the kingdom of God. So, Peter's thrown into Herod's prison, and the church has gotten into serious praying, fervent praying, verse 5. And while the church is praying, what is Peter doing? The man of God is spiritually asleep. He's sleeping. Can I just submit to you that sometimes sleeping, right, is part of faith. He's not worrying. He's not writing his last will and testament. He's not calling everybody. He's not calling CBN. He's not calling everybody. He just, he's sleeping. Do you recall anybody else that was in the middle of a storm that while everybody was panicked and thought they were going to die, Jesus was sleeping on his pillow? Why? Because when you have faith in God, you know everything's going to be all right. And Peter said, if he got me out of the last jail, I'm sure he can get me out of this one. But God is so unique. He does everything differently all the time. You can't figure God out. 
But I want you to understand, he was sleeping. Sleeping between two soldiers bound in two chains. <laughs> this is awesome to me. It's a sign of faith in God. Peter is sound asleep. He's not, he's not praying for deliverance. The church is praying. He's not crying and begging for mercy. Sleeping like a baby in a jail cell. Now, if you think the jail there was like the jail here, you got another thing coming. Jail here is more like a dungeon. All right? Peter was kept in prison. Prayer was made without ceasing. The church was praying, and Peter was sleeping. I believe, you can believe what you want, but since I'm breaking down the text, I believe supernatural God put a deep sleep on him. Because uh, he understood the peace of God that passes all understanding. He understood what Isaiah was saying. He, his mind is on the Lord, has perfect peace. And everything else is going to, tomorrow morning, they're going to execute him. He's sleeping like a baby. He didn't take Tylenol. He didn't take NyQuil. He didn't take tranquilizers. He had trust. You don't need a tranquilizer when you have trust. Trust God. Trust God. He's sleeping. He's sleeping. He was sleeping, people. The Greek word for ceasing, the church was praying. He was sleeping. The Greek word used here is ek. Ecstasies, which means earnest and fervent prayer. They weren't just they weren't just saying a few little sweet little prayers. Now I lay me down to sleep. They were crying out to God and asking God to intervene. As James is already gone and Peter's next. Lord, would you please show up? Show up now, God. And Peter's sleeping like a baby. They were unified in prayer. James said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous avails much. How many know there's power in prayer? The church is praying. Peter's sleeping. They were urgent. They were unified. And when God begins to move, I want you to see this story is so powerful. It's unexplainable. It's, uh, it's unusual. But how many know you can't deny the power of God? And when we pray, we want to pray in such a way that God, actually in our prayers, we're telling God how to answer our prayers. Can I tell you that's a mistake? It's not your will. It's God's will be done. Church just prayed. It was one mind and one accord. And when God moves, it's undeniable. Don't miss your season worried about your situation. He was sleeping like a baby. He was sleeping, Max. No worries. No worries. Church is praying. God is moving. He's sleeping like a baby. Sound asleep. He sleeps through the angel's entrance, a bright light shining around him. I think he, he had a real good sleep. Some of you have lost a lot of sleep over something. There's somebody in here today. You've lost a lot of sleep over something. God's telling you, go on to sleep, baby. I got this. And you just toss it over in your mind all night long, all night long. How's it going to work? How's it going to work? How's it going to work? I don't think that's the praying that the church was doing. I think they were praying in the spirit. God was moving. They were talking about one thing. God protect Peter. God protect Peter. God protect Peter. And the angel actually has to hit Peter to wake him up. It's amazing. I love it. It's kind of funny, but I'm going to just go with it. I said, this is the word of the Lord. God had to knock him in the head to get him up. Get up, boy. Verse 7. He has not a care in the world. What's going on? What's going on? Peter's just out of it. God gave him perfect pieces that passes all understanding. Come on, church. That's what God can do. It's already starting. And this is not Peter's first rodeo. He's been in jail before, and God delivered him, Acts chapter 5. 
Maybe he believed God would do it again. What an act of faith. Jesus was in the boat. You remember that? Can you sleep while others are panicked? While the whole world, and even America, goes into some oblivious kind of panic mode. You know, there's a lot of news out there. Probably none of it's true. So don't go picking and choosing false news. It's all false. Read the good news. How many know this is true? Man, it'll have you wondering. And pastors are having a bad time today. They're having a bad time. Too white to be black. Too black to be white. Too Republican to be Democrat. Too Democrat to be Republican. Are y'all hearing me? It doesn't matter what you choose and what you say. Somebody's going to go and say something against you. I'm here to tell you, watch what you say on Facebook. Watch all your opinions. Really, nobody really cares about what you have to say anyway. How many know we care about what God has to say? Just a warning to the wise. Leave it all alone and trust the Lord. It could be a setup, people. The Lord put Herod in there, and the Lord's about to take Herod out. James died. Peter's in prison. Things happen. Just got to go with God. I said you got to go with God. But the very fact that he's sleeping is a sign of his faith. And the Bible says that neither God neither slumbers nor sleeps. Look at Psalm 121, 2 through 4. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. I've got good news for you. Don't stay up all night tonight. Go to sleep. For God will be up. Why should both of y'all stay up all night? God's got this. There's no reason for you to stay up and worry. And God trusts you. And you don't need to, to have to worry about anything. Jesus said, take no thought about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on. Nothing. Said even the lilies of the field, look at them. Look at the birds of the air. They don't toil, tussle, and worry. So the word says the angel appeared in the prison, which tells me that hell can never create a prison that God can't break into. How many believe God can come into anywhere you are and take care of any situation you've got? Hell can't stop the power of Almighty God. And so, even in a prison of your own making, some of you made a prison out of what you've chosen to do. God had nothing to do with it. But how many know God can break through even that mess? To help you straighten up your life. If you'll talk to God about it, God wants to break into your situation. Somebody should give the Lord a praise this morning. The Lord's ready to break into your jail and set you free. The angel enters, four quads, 16 soldiers can't stop him. Swoop, he appears, he slaps Peter on the head, says, get up before you get comfortable being down. Get up before you get so comfortable being down. You know what? Satan has beat up the church for so long, they're comfortable. They don't want to get up no more. Just beat me up. Kind of like a battered syndrome. Just beat me up. Just keep beating me up. That's what I deserve. How many know you don't deserve to be beat up? I said you deserve to be lifted up. I wish somebody would help me out here. You are the church. You have the power of God. And he can interrupt your life and change your situation. All you got to do is let him get up. Get your clothes on. 
Don't, you don't belong here. We're getting ready to move out of here. And that's a good word for somebody here this morning. We're moving to a new place. We're going to a new dimension. And God's going to walk you past everything stood in your way to victory. He walked past the first gate. He walked past the second gate. He got to the iron gate. The iron gate's impossible to move. But how I many know nothing's impossible for God? He'll put every prison guard to sleep. And he will wake you up, dress you up, and walk you by the hand till you walk in freedom. God is able, friends, to get you out of the mess you're in. And I believe God's able to get America out of the mess she got herself in. Don't give up on the child of God. He's going to walk you past everything to stopping you. Now who's sleeping? Now who's sleeping? Peter's doing the walking and the guards are unconscious. Peter's walking and they're sleeping. That's a lovely story. I love it. It's just it's humorous to me. They can't do anything. Angel of the Lord just walking in power. I'm sure he's smirking. Look, Peter, look. <laughs> look at him. <laughs> they can't do anything. Look at him. Look. Guard, open that gate. I mean, no, God orders everything. I'm sure God ordered the, ordered the guards to open the first gate and the second gate. They were on guard. So I don't know if they're sleeping or unconscious or just stupefied by the power of God. But stuff was happening. How many know stuff's about to happen in the spiritual realm? I said, this is awesome stuff. Some things are about to happen and you don't even, you're not even aware about it. God's about to do some stuff. It's, this is kind of not no earthquake like the last one. The whole place was shaking, right? Earthquake. People got out of jail. They didn't know where they were. Paul got out of jail with an earthquake, right? Not here. Quiet deliverance. Here we go. Come on, get ready. No hurry. No, I know, Peter. I know you're a little queasy. Can I get you some coming? Pow. Get up. Get you. Put you. Just tie your shoes, Peter. Come on. No, you can't have a snack. Let's go. Quiet deliverance. How many believe God can quietly deliver you? You don't need a whole bunch of band playing and stomping and shouting and running. All you need to do is trust God. Just strong faith. How many know God opens doors no man can shut and shuts doors no man can open? God got in through the doors and the gates without keys. And when they get to the big gate, it opened automatically. It just opened. I said, he's God. It just opened. Some of you, something's about to open in your life. It hasn't even come close to you thinking about. In God's time, boom. In God's time, open. You've been praying about it for years. Asking for a healing for years. I mean, oh, God in one minute could just open the door. Healed. Delivered. Set free. So, in fact, God is about to open a door for somebody here today. I believe you've been praying, and it's about to open to you. I feel the Holy Ghost in here, Max. We might ought to go to the altar right now. I don't know what to do, but all of this is happening while the church is praying. When the church prays, something happens. Something happens. 
The church is praying, and they're all praying without knowing. They're all praying without knowing. They don't even know what's going on. They're behind the doors. They're, they're praying, God, touch Peter. God, protect Peter. God, take care of the situation. Lord, touch James's family. I'm sure they're grieving. Help Peter, Lord. He's in the jail. Help him, Lord. Help him, Lord. They don't even know. God's doing all kinds of things. Woo! My goodness, that's powerful. So I wonder what God is doing. Right now, for you, he can help us. I wonder what he's doing right now for you. You don't even know what's happening. Have you ever had that happen? God was working things out, you didn't even know it. Remember the story of Joseph? He got sold into slavery by his brothers. He's in the pit. But all the while he's in the pit, God is dispatching all that caravan from Egypt. And just at the time they were going to kill him or what they would do with him, they said, no, let's not kill him. Let's sell him to the, 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 the people came right at time. I mean, oh, God's timing is impeccable. I said, the timing of the Lord is perfect. And the peace of God is perfect. So I wonder what God is doing right now for you that you don't even know. Peter was walking in the fog, the favor of God. He's just walking. He's just walking. I'm sure he's thinking, if he is conscious at all, uh, uh, I mean, he's slightly trying to come awake. said, uh, uh, angel, gate. Whoop. Angel, another guard, another gate. Angel, Iron Gate, we're not going nowhere. Just awesome to walk with God. Just walk with God. How many think anything that gets in your way, he'll take care of it. He'll take care of it. Just walk with God. So all this happened because the people were praying. And so the angel got him out, and he was free, and he loosed him, and the angel disappeared. But Peter didn't go home. No, he went to the prayer meeting. I wish somebody would help me right here. I said, how many know it's awesome when God delivers you to go to the house of the Lord and celebrate a little bit? He didn't go back. He didn't go home. He went to the, he went to the house of the Lord. He went to Mary's house where they were praying. Amen? Can I tell you the best place to be after your deliverance is with the church? Amen? The church knows how to get a hold of God. And anybody here knows if you had a testimony watching what God can do when the church prays. So while the church was praying, doors were opening. Except this last door. We've got to close. One more door. <laughs> he knocks at the door. Oh, God, help him save Peter, protect Peter, help him, Lord, just so do something, get rid of Herod. Lord, please help Peter, help Peter, help him. Hey! Somebody let me in. I've already been delivered. I mean, no, there's a time to stop praying and turn the doorknob and open up for the deliverance God has for you. There's a deliverance coming in your way. We talk about prayer and we talk about believing, but sometimes we don't stop enough to receive the blessing that's sitting at the door. I said, there's a blessing at the door ready to come into your life, but you got to pray and believe and receive. 
Years ago, the charismatic renewal, many people didn't want to talk about believing and receiving because we called them to name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. Remember that? So we acted like there's no receiving. Mark 11, right? Remember that? In verse 22, you shall speak unto this mountain, be thou removed and thrown into the sea and not doubt in your heart, but believe in your heart that God will raise Jesus from the dead. How many know God can do what he wants? He can do what he wants. You have to believe it. You have to receive it. You have to open the door. And there was a servant girl. Mary had a lot of money. I mean, no, there's a lot of people at the prayer meeting. Mary had a lot of money. She opened up her house. But Rhoda, she was just a servant girl, a maid. And the maid had enough sense to hear the knocking on the door. What I want to tell you is you can pray and pray and pray. But if you don't have enough sensitivity to hear the answer, how many know you got to stop praying and answer the door? Jesus said, uh, uh, you can knock and you can seek, right? He said, knock and it will be opened unto you. Seek and you shall find. Ask and I will give it to you. There's this receiving that has to happen. I know some of you thinking, well, that's a little hyper faith. No, no, no. Listen to me. You have to open the door. They could have prayed all day long. Peter could have just left. But they were ready. The last door didn't open. God opened every gate, every shackle, every door. But when you bring the supernatural into the natural, this is what happens. So many times God wants to bring the supernatural into the natural, but the natural can't open the door for the supernatural. So many of churches have so much potential. There's a lot of potential in here for a miracle. How many know God can open a door for somebody this morning? But you got to open your heart and say, here I am, Lord. I'm ready for my miracle. See that? So watch what the church does. While the church was praying, the doors were opening. Praying together can become so routine. Are y'all hearing me? That we stop expecting the answer. They were happy to pray about it, but when the answer came, knocking, they were not willing to have faith to receive it. Little Rhoda, no title, no position, no credentials, but she could hear well. Can I tell you the church, if you're going to learn how to pray, you're going to learn how to tune your ears to the voice of the Spirit. If you're going to be a praying church, you're going to have to incline your ears to the Lord's voice, to what's happening in the supernatural. The supernatural has to be more natural to you than the natural. So she heard him say, it's me. It's Peter. Open the door. And she got so excited. The Bible says she ran and told him, it's Peter. Mary, it's Peter. Lord, touch Peter in the jail. Just ignored him. She insisted. No, no, no. He's really at the door. I heard his voice. I know that's, I know that's him. I left him outside to die. Oh, no, that's not Peter. So watch this. They're praying for him to live all the while. <laughs> he could die. In other words, they're praying for him not to die, but didn't want to open the door to the miracle of life. It's really a confused situation here. She didn't open the door, but she heard him say it was Peter, and she believed it. Praise the Lord. Have you become so familiar with what you're expecting God to do, you would, you would recognize it if it came to your door? Are you hearing me? 
or you've become so numb, so, so, so accustomed to not getting an answer to prayer that when the answer comes knocking on the door, you don't even welcome it because God didn't answer it before. He won't answer it again. See, that's where we are a lot of times. I remember when I was a youth pastor at Peace Chapel, we had prayer lines for our youth and still do like for our adults. And my assistant was praying. He's my friend. I won't tell him his name right now. But one of the youth came up to him and said, uh, Pastor Gary, <laughs> I need a healing. Poor Pastor Gary was quite a prayer man of God. He, Lord, heal them. Touch them and touch them in their body. Heal them, heal them. And this young person said, Pastor Gary, I'm healed. And Pastor Gary said, you are If you're watching Pastor Gary, I'm sorry about that. I tell that story everywhere. We pray, but we don't believe. They were praying, but they didn't believe it was Peter. Must be his angel or something. Peter's dead. Praying for him to be alive, but not acknowledging him to be alive. Isn't that something? We got, because, listen, past abuses, prayer and faith, the church doesn't want to deal with the truth of receiving the answer. We deal with prayer faith and believing and trusting, but we never say we have responsibility. When the knock comes to the door, you have to stop praying and start moving because God answers prayer and prayer gets things started, but receiving opens the door. It's just like salvation. Salvation's available to everybody, but until you receive salvation, it's just there. So there's a miracle in the house. I, I said, come on church. There's a miracle in this house. Somebody today needs to twist the knob. I said, you need to stretch out your faith, stretch out your hand. And Rhoda had to come back and open the door. And then they went commotion. Oh, my goodness, what happened? I got to get out of town. The Lord rescued me just like you prayed. Peter must have been blown away by their response. Whatever you have been praying for, whatever you've been weeping about, get ready to open the door. It's time to put your hand to the door and twist the knob. Time for you to receive from the Lord. Peter says it was like a dream. He came to the door. He knocked on the door, delivered the miracle to them, and Rhoda heard it. She knew it was him, told the church, and they said she's crazy. They shouted about it. They prayed about it, but they didn't open the door until this little girl convinced them it was real. That's just like many churches today. We learn to celebrate it more than receive it. We teach about prayer. We talk about prayer. We talk about believing. We talk about faith. We talk about a lot of things, but we never come to the altar, open our heart, and just receive. When you get the Holy Ghost, you know what the number one thing you need to do? Receive. Elizabeth came the other day to get the Holy Spirit. She just came. It just nobody even prayed for her. She received the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because she just received. She just received. So I want you all to come to the altar. You want to put on a mask, you can. If you don't want to come, that's fine. But here's the deal. Until we give ourselves permission to open doors, we will keep waiting on others while other people receive. Revival is happening around the world. Miracles are happening around the world to those who are willing to receive and believe. It's happening. Say, Pastor, why is miracles happening around the world? Not right here. Because we haven't seen the pain enough to trust God. We don't have the desperation. We're not ready. But how many believe God's getting old girl ready today to receive? And listen to me. The enemy will do anything to keep your miracle from getting to you. But I've come to tell you that your miracle is at the door today. Would you stand with me this morning?
what you've been praying for, what you've been fighting, what you've been believing. The thing that seems so far away is at the door. The blessing is at the door. All you have to do is open it. Jesus said in, in Revelation 3 and 20, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hear my voice, he will open the door. He will open the door. You have to open the door. I know God opens doors, but this is one door he didn't open. It's up to us to partner with God and get involved in the miracle. Somebody ought to start shouting and praying this morning. The door of the presence of the Lord is here this morning. You came today to hear the word. Your blessing is knocking at the door. Quit making excuses about why you are not this and why you're not that and how come everybody else. Turn the knob. Step into a new dimension. Step into a new direction. Come on. Step into whatever God's been. You've been praying about it. Step into it. Step into the presence of God. Step into the peace of God. Step into the power of God. Step out of fear and panic and worry. And step into faith and prayer and power and praise. The bars, the locks, the guards, the walls proved to be no barrier for the Lord. And all the church did was pray, believe, and open the door. All they did was pray, believe, and open the door. That's all they did was pray, believe, and open the door. I'm not sure what you're going through. It's only 11.30. you got plenty of time. The ball games don't start till later. And you're not going to see Kansas City anyway because we have church. That's good for all of us. When the three boys were in the fire, the Lord was already there. Come on now. David said, I was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor God's seed begging for bread. When Daniel was in the lion's den, the Lord was already there. When Paul was on the ship that was breaking apart, the Lord was already there. What doors are waiting to be opened in your life? Quit telling God how to answer your prayer. Let God be God and every man a liar. Let God help you to Elijah he fed him with the ravens the ravens came that was uber uber birds came to help the man of God right the widow in her oil the Israelite shoes lasted 40 days 40 years I'm sorry 40 years the Israelite shoes lasted 40 years did never wear out God's power is seen in his purpose in his will he will answer. He will provide. He will protect. The church needs to learn not only to trust God, but to turn the knob and open the door. Open the door. Open the door. Open the door. Leave the matter to God. The church didn't deliver. Peter, God did. All they did was what they could. They prayed, and God did the work. When we work, we work. But when we pray, God does the work. And in the end, God killed the one who tried to kill the dream. Corrupt leaders are no match for God. Man pleasers will never amount to honoring God. Are you willing to submit to his purpose even when you don't understand it? What's the moral of the story, Pastor? Don't mess with the church when she's on her knees. She is a powerful source. There are people in this altar today that feel like God is about to move in their life. Some of you in the pew, you may not feel comfortable with coming down on the balcony. That's okay. Whatever you're going through, I just pray you raise your hands and say, Lord, I've been praying about this. It's time I open the door and receive my miracle today. Oh, mighty God, help us when the blessing comes. Now.